Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, January 27th, 2024. And our top story today, U.S. stock markets continue to achieve all-time highs. And joining me now to discuss this and break it all down, Jane King is a financial journalist joining us from the NASDAQ. Jane, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Good to be back with you, Jeffrey. Let's, uh, let's start with all-time highs for the stock market. I want to get your reaction to that. The, things, the train keeps on rolling down that track. <laughs> S&P 500, five records in a row. I mean, it's, it's kind of astounding. I, I think investors are really counting on the Federal Reserve to start cutting interest rates. Maybe not March, but maybe over the summer. Um, we got a, the uh, PCE number today. Uh, that's headed in the right direction, I believe, in this latest inflationary cycle that we've been over the past, what, two years or so, um, that um, it was the first time the core number was below 3%. So we're continuing to see that number uh, ease a little bit. Um, so I, I just, I think that's what the market is counting on because it feels like there's so much danger in the world that, um, you know, it's all about the Fed and interest rates lately. It is. It's all about the Fed. I, it's, I can, can imagine the pressure on Jerome Powell. Uh, you know, how, do you, how do you relax knowing that the world and other central banks are, are on your bated breath? Uh, Jane, let's talk about GDP. Good GDP numbers actually beating expectations. I think it was, what, 3.3% growth in yes, the fourth in the fourth we quarter, expected like uh, yeah, it was it was for the fourth quarter of last year. We expected a little bit below three percent. Now there was consumer spending in there, but there was also government spending in there. So I think we need to start looking at all of these economic reports with a half political lens, um, and just you know, okay, what does this mean? Okay, it was government spending. I think these jobs report, these big reports like the GDP, we have to in an election year look at them and kind of see how much is government spending, how much was it revised from the previous month, but just start to take a look at that and put those under a little bit more scrutiny. Yeah, and I think it was Milton Friedman, and uh, a Nobel laureate uh, professor of economics who basically said, you can make statistics, I'm paraphrasing, you can make the statistics say anything. And I think you're, I think you're right. It's, it's not, not enough to just look at the jobs number. You've got to kind of look under the hood to see what sectors of the economy are growing. And, and I think for those of us who are laypersons, uh, I, I, you know, before talking with you, I probably wouldn't even know to think about that. And I wouldn't even um, know how to do that. But but I have a little bit more acumen. And I think that you know, deserves a little bit more scrutiny. Jane, I wanted to ask you, uh, kind of close things out with a research report. I think it was the Rosenberg research report um, talking about the risk of retirees. And we have a lot of people, the baby boomers and people like myself who are going to be eventually retiring, who are going to be heavily weighted in the stock market. And that's a significant risk if there's ever another downturn, like a 2008 or what we experienced during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, I mean, there could be some significant selling. Let's hope that it takes place over a long enough period of time um, that we don't see, you know, we're going to start seeing uh, the Gen Xers retire in about 10 years or so. So let's hope like, you know, the baby boomers, they'll start taking over a few years and then the Gen Xers uh, after that, and it will be spread out over so many years that it won't have any damage. And I know a lot of people have retirement in their homes as well. So they're looking to sell these bigger homes, maybe downsize and take that money and use that to live for a while. So it might have some impact on the real estate market as well. 
I mean, I think it has, you know, the, they're considered, they're calling this the greatest wealth transfer in, in generations, but, you know, from the, from the baby boomers who, to, I guess, their heirs, could be Gen X, Gen Y, millennials, et cetera. And, and I, I understand the risk. I, I don't know. I think it might be a little early. There's always risk, though. There have always been risks with generational wealth. Um, I, just because it is a large amount, I understand, I guess, the volume indicates that it could be significantly impacting. But if you remember back to 2000, Jane, a lot of people were millionaires or set on paper, and then you had the tech bubble burst, burst and they were no longer millionaires. So we've been through this before. I think the, the, this is why you have to look at your asset allocation on a regular basis as, as you're nearing retirement and into retirement. Yes, absolutely. And I, I remember in the late 90s worrying about, and there was even a documentary on CNBC about the coming retirement. You know, people are going to be selling stocks. And, you know, here we are, you know, 25 years later. And, you know, there's markets at, you know, 38,000 with the Dow. So it might be a little overblown, um, but something to watch. Always good to keep an eye on all these moving parts. It is. And it got a lot, got us talking about it. And I presume it's yeah. gotten a lot of other people talk about it as well. Jane King, always great to see you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. Thanks, Jane. Always great to see you. We'll see you again next week. Have a great weekend. And when we come back, we'll take a look at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We had a great week of programs, great topics, of course, great guests. We kicked off the week with a look at how shrinkflation is now impacting healthcare. Let's take a look. One morning I was having breakfast and I opened the new box of cereal. The box was the same size. The price I purchased it for was very similar. But inside of it, there was this container with the flakes. And it was only three quarters full. And what I realized is that in the face of growing inflation 
after companies raise their prices significantly, and they still have downward pressure for consumers, what they then do, they just give you less of what they had given you before. And that's shrinkflation. If you look at the cost of healthcare against what's called the gross domestic product, which is all the goods and services that we make and buy, and you look at it as a percentage, what you see is that from about the mid-1960s when Medicare and Medicaid came into play, for the next five decades, healthcare as a percentage went higher, went fa up faster than GDP, which is common for wealthy countries. And 2010, it hit 17% after starting at around 6.5% in the 1960s. And economists predicted it would be 25 or even 30% by this time. And instead, it stayed at 17%. Now, you might say, okay, that happened because Obamacare came along and we got healthier. Except we didn't get healthier. We actually are just as sick as we were before, actually sicker. Longevity, life expectancy has not gone up actually in almost two decades. We have the highest maternal mortality in the world, infant mortality. We could go through all the problems, but that doesn't explain it. And when I dive deeper, what I found is that insurers in particular, payers, including the government, have shrunk what we get for the dollar. And so as a result, costs relative to GDP have stayed constant. But as I mentioned earlier, what we've seen is that healthcare outcomes have gone down significantly amongst the 12 most wealthy nations in the world. We're last in life expectancy, six years behind most of the others. The basic problem that I see is that shrinkflation is a short-term solution with a long-term negative consequence. If you don't invest in keeping people healthy, as you say, chronic diseases now affect 60% of Americans. And these are the diabetes, hypertension, and other problems that cause heart attacks, strokes, kidney failure, cancer, and so on down the line. If you don't invest in keeping people healthy, they become sicker and the costs go up. And as you know, with an aging population, growing frequency prevalence of chronic disease, we have a greater crisis ahead of us even than we're facing today. And that's why I believe that change will need to come and actually will happen. Not because someone says that it should, but because economically we will have no choice. And we also took a look at the election preview and its impact on the retirement legislative and regulatory agenda. Let's take a look. Well, I think we've seen Congress, actually in the last two Congresses, really hone in and focus on retirement and tax and savings. And we saw that with the first Secure 1.0 under the Trump administration, and then again, Secure 2.0 under the Biden administration. Um, these conversations in Congress are ongoing. And the fact that uh, there's still more to be done and there's still really interesting ideas coming from both sides of the aisle, I think it will stay relevant uh, as we enter into 2024. But the reality is a general election is going to take up uh, most of the time and attention of not just 
Congress, but in the minds of the American people? I think over the next decade, the answer is yes. Okay, so we're facing this uh, insolvency issue come 2035, possibly as early as 2034, according to the trustees' um, current actuarial uh, numbers. And that could mean a 23% decrease in payment to seniors. That is um, not palpable, right? Uh, and it's it's not something that will um, sit well with Congresses in the future. So you're starting to have senators, mostly senators, because they have longer periods of time between their elections, really start to dig in and try to understand amongst them on both sides of the aisle, what is what could be on the table to put Social Security back on a trajectory of solvency? And so those conversations are going to develop. Uh, those debates will happen over the next several years. Do I expect it to be a big part of this general election from the right or the left? To your point, it's the third rail of politics, and it doesn't sit well in general election. Um, you've seen a little bit coming from the Republican primary candidates wanting to talk about debt and deficit and the trajectory of some of our entitlement spending. But I don't expect that to be part of the, the general election discussion. Well, to your point, I think after Senator Portman's retirement, I think um, uh, Senator Cassidy has, has stepped well into those shoes. He's really taken up the retirement mantle, introduced legislation, bipartisan legislation, which um, Tim Kaine has been a good partner on, on the Democratic side of the aisle. Um, you know, once there, uh, we, we start to see it's sort of the, the discussion and maybe some draft language on um, the framework of a 3.0 or whatever you want to call the next uh, retirement reform bill, I think you'll see a number of folks step in on the Senate side. Uh, I think Richie Neal in, in the House still is sort of the sweetheart of the retirement community in the industry. Um, we'll see Mike Kelly and others on the right in the in the Ways and Means Committee, I think, step into that role should there be a partner in whatever is the next stage of retirement reform. I don't see a high likelihood of reaching another large bipartisan package. I do think you'll see draft legislation. I think we will see, and we already are seeing proposals, legislative proposals coming out that could be part of whatever comes next. But I think we're in that sausage making side of things, right? It's going to move a little slower. The conversations will be mostly behind the scenes, um, but we're setting up for a either a new administration or the next term of the current administration. And I think in either one, whether it's, you know, is it going to be Donald Trump on, on um, the Republican ticket? Is it going to be um, Joe Biden, most likely, on the Democratic ticket? Both would essentially be lame duck, right? This would be the last term of, of each. And there's a really good opportunity there to do bipartisan work in a situation like that. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Sunday. We'll be joined by the Legal Eagles, David Levine and Kevin Walsh of Groom Law Group, to help break down what's going on in the retirement landscape. And then Oliver Rennick of the Schwab Network will be here to help break down markets, give us his 
expert analysis. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.